As we begin the 21st century, it seems that our world is a well-understood place. But just below the veneer of perceived reality is another world. One where alien abductions, ghostly apparitions, shadowy conspiracies, and otherworldly creatures are commonplace. A world where the paranormal is normal, filled with events that defy rational explanation. It is a world of magic and mystery, a world of high strangeness. off your favorite drinking mug, order up a pint of strong ale, and settle in. It's time for another round of Tavern Cast, with your hosts, Cromley, Eloysius, Infernal Bill, and Ken Kater. Hey everybody, welcome back to Tavern Cast, this is Ken Kater. This is Eloysius. This is Infernal Bill. And this is Cromley. Visit us on the web at www.taverncast.com and give us a call on our Skype line to leave us some interesting messages at... 734-418-8727. If you can afford the long-distance call, because, you know, right. that could be an issue. And if not, it's 1-800-867-5309. Guys, we have got an absolutely insane themed show this time with stuff that frankly has been scaring the heck out of me for the past week i'm excited this is gonna be great but first before we get too into it what are we drinking i like beer it makes me a jolly good fellow i like beer it helps me unwind and sometimes it makes me feel mellow That beer we had that had like sawdust and shavings in it. Yes. This one's worse. Wait, wait, wait. You know what? I was looking back on the show and I can't remember for the life of me. Now, that beer with the sawdust shavings was in show 22, which was our last April Fool's show. And I can't remember whether or not we actually had a beer with sawdust shavings or if that was just part of the I don't remember it as being all that bad. I do. Wait, I just remember it. Really? But did we really have it? We did have it because I remember looking through the bottle at the sediment that was precipitating through it. almost looked like a lab experiment. It wasn't a bad beer. It didn't taste bad, but it just had this um, chewy kind of, yeah, this kind of added added thickening to it. Kind of like, you know, Metamucil in your beer. Okay, but you're swearing to me that we we weren't <laughs> lying about that, right? No, I'm serious. Well, wait till we you see the pictures doing... of this beer. That's all I can say. <laughs> I'm putting it up to the light right now, and it is, it's, this is frightening. The show is themed the High Strangeness Show, and so basically, what did we do here, guys? We found, what, the strangest stuff we could think of to drink slash consume? Yes. Mm-hmm. Basically. Yeah. All right, Kern Katera, why don't you lead it off? What the heck are you drinking? Okay, well, I'm not terribly adventurous. I'm actually 
my good friends refer to me as vanilla because I just like very plain kinds of things. But I went That's out why on I call a her chocolate. today. It's only your good friends call her vanilla. Don't give it away. Don't give it away. Mm-hmm. And as I was perusing on things to drink, I don't have much here in the house, but I did find this at a local shop, the Lagunit. Lagunitas Brewing Company out of Petaluma, California in the U.S. of A. It's Frank Zappa beer. Oh. And it's... (laughs) You want to talk about weird. Um, It says, This ale is released in celebration of the 40th anniversary of the release of the second part of Frank Zappa's three-phase masterwork. What? Wow. Yes. Is- There's a picture of it up on the web for you all to see exactly what this beer looks like. It is absolutely huge. Um, I How much is beer is in here? Yeah. 1.6 fluid ounces. That's quite a bit. Hmm? Yes, mm-hmm. so I'm going to consume this entire thing, and let me, let me tell I'll you... I'll be over your catheter installed. Wait, wait, wait. You're going to consume the entire thing right now? No. Oh, can we do that? Because that would be entertaining. <laughs> do you want I me to? I don't know. I might fall straight asleep if I, I think do that. I'm assuming this beer doesn't kill me. Well, it, do you want me to tell you what I'm eating too, or just what I'm everybody. This is Corn Cater. To give myself a tracheostomy so I can breathe. Do you want me to tell you what I'm eating too, or just what I'm drinking? Uh, I don't know. Is it interesting? I uh, I was or at the strange. farmer's market with some friends today looking for some really kind of weird things, and they had some really weird stuff. But the most weird that I could get is spicy chicken sausage. <laughs> Ooh! <laughs> wow! That's, <laughs> that's crazy. That is crazy don't. talk. <laughs> you Whoa. don't understand. Spicy. You go, girl. So not, You're out there. I'm so not a weird food person. What? They didn't have Cheez-Its? <laughs> <laughs> Eloy, you of all people know that I cannot handle weird food, and so but that's any lie. kind of any kind of new food, I need to be totally talked into. So you have no idea how much discussion was in my head about actually having this chicken sausage. And I'm going to try some of it now because I haven't eaten any of it. Okay, Kern Kater, is we're going to need you question. to uh, get some weird food and we want you to go to McDonald's and pick the strangest thing on the menu you can think of. Okay, okay. fine. Oh, here it is, the double cheeseburger value menu. <laughs> <laughs> it's so freaking bizarre. I don't even know what to do with it. Oh, it tastes like a cheeseburger, but weird because it has two patties, not just one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm I'm gonna try some of this chicken sausage. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, we're we're waiting with bated breath. <laughs> what could it possibly taste like? I can only imagine. Maybe I'll walk over to my refrigerator and grab a bite tastes myself. Like chick- tastes like chicken <laughs> with spices. I've never had yeah I've never had chicken sausage, but it's um it's spongy. It's really kind of it, it tastes like chicken and sausage. No 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 no, no like. Sausage is usually like very firm and like you can taste the different little pieces of you know whatever they put like hooves and lips in it. But this is like <laughs> firm sausage is... lips. Are, we're losing our audience here. Okay, I just no, I just want to say I just want to say that, that, that your, your weird drink of the show is basically you. You are the weird drink of the show. Thank you, thank you. Okay, so this chicken sausage is spongy and it's got bits in it. Mm. That's that's this is as weird as I get. But is but it's missing its reproductive organs, lips, and its anus has been cored. Oh wait, that's for later. Oh, it's mutilated chicken sausage. sausage. Mutilated chicken sausage. Here comes my chicken sausage back up. Thank you. (laughs) 
It's better the than the second time <laughs> The McAnus core. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Now in sausage shape. So, Bill, Bill, what about you? What are you drinking? Well, in the spirit of today's show, I went through my little bartender's cookbook to try to find one of the odder things. And though it's not exactly that odd, it's got a really kind of a cool name. I am drinking what is called an alien secretion. And uh, I can tell you, whatever these guys secrete, it's delicious. Because um, it's got a very cool color. All it is is if you take it in parts... What kind of alien? Hmm? Is it an illegal alien? <laughs> Orale! <laughs> you want my secret? Hey, uh... Oh, gosh. This is not the politically incorrect cast. Yes, that's next show. Okay, dude, awesome. see, once again, oh, you and uh, Kern Katera are sort of on the same wavelength. Your drink is no longer as weird as you are. What yes, the heck was I'm that even about? Alien secretion you, is one part coconut rum, which makes it delicious. One part mm. melon liqueur, which makes it oh. equally delicious. And one part Yum. vodka, only kettle one will do. And that makes it triply delicious. You top it off with pineapple juice, shake it up, toss it back, and you got the coolest looking drink I think I've seen. It's got... Is it like Dayglow Green? Yeah, it's like Dayglow Green. It's exactly what it is. Oh, I want some of that secretion. That sounds mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. After a hard day of gentle mutilation, I prefer my alien secretion to many other forms of human alcohol consumption. And then when we go to pour the anus of the humans, I feel sprightly and active after consuming my secretion. Thank you. You know, that, that's a hot job. That's, all mm, that's hot. Hard work. Back, back, back! Nice. done dirty jobs. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Eric? What are you drinking? All right. I'm not eating anything weird. I'm only drinking this beer, which might involve eating something weird, I guess, judging from the precipitates. Um, this is Wastin Thai... Turhout's Mustard Ale. What the hell? Mustard? It's a dark blonde ale brewed with 90% barley, malt, 10% Munich malt, two sorts of hops, dark candy sugar, and mustard seeds. What the Mustard? Mustard. Oh, God. It smells pretty bad. I haven't tasted it it yet. Oh. Like, are we talking yellow mustard? Brown mustard? Spicy mustard for Kern Kater? Mustard? That's wacky mustard crinketer that has spice in it. It's not too bad. It's really sweet, actually. It's sad. I don't taste mustard me, at all. Right? Really? It doesn't say what kind of mustard. Maybe it just says mustard seeds. Pour a little French's in there and see if you can, you know, <laughs> add into that mustardy <laughs> I mean, taste. When you shake it up and look at it through the light, there's all kinds of stuff floating around in there, so. I didn't see I any did, seeds. It's like a new Grey Poupon commercial. You, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's going great in this beer, Budweiser. I love some. Excuse me, sir. Can you pass a great coupon? Okay, so uh, in honor of the fact that it's the high strangeness show, I decided to do another one of these like crazy food things. Hmm. And um, I got this idea actually from work with one of the guys that I work with. And uh, this, this is what you do at work. Yeah, we talk about crazy crap like this. So we, he was like, we, we somehow the old General Mills cereals, Count Chocula, Booberry, and Frankenberry came up. Count Chocula. And somehow beer got worked into that. And we were like, which of those three really old crappy sugar cereals would be best with beer? And what beer would it be? Bryce, and the, how do we maximize profit this quarter? Let's. I don't know, sir, but you know those General Mills uh, cereals? Those are awesome. Yeah. <laughs> 
So the beer. So so I figured like if you poured beer into these cereals, which beer would you pour in? And it's got to be a milk stout, right? It's, it's a lactic lactic stout. Are so you milk stout. The only one that I could think of is Mackinson's Triple X, oh. which is a milk stout, and it's it's a great milk stout. Kernkater and Cromley, you guys can totally vouch for this. Oh, yeah. But I can't believe you're going to ruin a good bottle of Mackinson by pouring it over Frankenberry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think this is a heresy, but... So, all right, so here's the deal, right? You know, there was so, a guy I knew that did that, and he exploded. So I'm just warning you, don't Okay, so for those who don't know, Count Chocula, Booberry, and Frankenberry are the monster trilogy cereals, right? So Count Chocula is a vampire, Booberry is a ghost, and Frankenberry is uh, Frankenstein. Count Chocula is chocolate... You go go figure. Blueberry is blueberry cereal, and Frankenberry is strawberry cereal, and they've all got marshmallows in it. All right, and now I'm going to pour Mackinson Triple Stout on the Count Chocula. Ooh, it's foamy. And on the Blueberry, and on the Frankenberry. Oh God, it looks disgusting with Frankenberry. And I'm gonna take a shot of this myself to make the pain go away. I can say is it's a good thing you have medical coverage. Are you drinking these individually? Or did you mix all the cereals together? Uh, no, no, no. They're all in individual bowls. Which ones do you want me to guys to go with first? Pick it. Let's let's start with the Count Chocula. Yeah, you can't go wrong with the Count. All right. Pick the sugary one. <laughs> oh wait. I demand you try it right, first. Ah, ah. <laughs> hmm. One food poisoning. Two. I need food to hear poisoning. you crunching it. Um, Two actually, bypasses. this is oh. really good. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's, right. No. It's totally awesome. Uh-huh. It's chocolate with Mackison. And Mackison is always good with chocolate. Breakfast I mean, check of it out. champions. That's, that's true, you know. That's, that's true. <laughs> yeah, Mackison just and chocolate always is, a good, always is a good combination. All right, hold on. This is like the new hangover drink. <laughs> All right, I'm going to cleanse. I'm going to cleanse the palate with some water. Yeah, it's important. It's important when you're tasting the cereals. Okay, we got blueberry and Frankenberry next. Count Chocolate is clearly the winner, unless something comes just like through the gate here on these other ones. So which let's, one? Let's let's do the blueberry next. Blueberry. All right. So blueberry flavor with Mackinson. Does it actually taste like blueberry? Or is it uh, I'm just about sugar? to tell you. I mean, who came up with the name blueberry? I mean, that's a genius, right? There. <laughs> Marketing genius, right there. Whoa. We'll call it Ghostberry. No, no, I got it. Blueberry. <laughs> um. Wow. Again, this does not suck. So it's better than your previous food experiment. You're never going to put milk in your cereals again. It's going to be Mackison every morning. No, I'm not sure that I am. Why would I put milk in the cereal when I can get drunk and eat, like, blueberry? Okay. I'm going into Frankenberry. Go oh. Everything yeah. a growing body needs. All right, here we go with um, Frankenberry. Did you cleanse your palate? It's alive. Man. Well... What I thought would be super hysterical and suck has turned out to be really damn good, guys. In fact, if I had to pick, Booberry is best with Maccas and Triple Stout, surprisingly. Congratulations, Booberry. It's been solved. An amazing, amazing study. <laughs> triple blind study. Double blind study. Booberry. Uh, double not blind Mills, study. I'm just with saying, if you guys want to make. A Mackison and Blueberry cereal? It would rock. We studied over 500 drunkards in a triple blind <laughs> cereal taste test. Found that Blueberry is the best with lactose based <laughs> beer. 
next week. Something tells me we're not going to see that on a cereal ad. Next week in Southern California, (laughs) blueberry and dos equis cerveza. I'm just saying that for the rest of the show, I just mixed them all together. I'm just going to eat the whole damn bowl. You are going to be so hyper and drunk. We have T minus 10 minutes to vomit. 10 minutes to vomit. T minus. (laughs) And that's been my drink of the show experiment for the High Stranger Show. Goodbye. Alcohol plus sugar. What could go wrong? Core implosion in seven minutes. Goodbye, Colin. (laughs) Hello, toilet. (laughs) And that's been the drink of the show. For centuries, patterns, intricate and complex, have been appearing in fields of grain throughout the world. These mysterious designs seemingly develop overnight. Often, they are accompanied by strange lights in the night sky, radioactivity, and changes in the plant's own molecular structure. The patterns themselves display highly accurate representations of Sumerian, Celtic, and Mayan symbols fractal geometry, and human DNA. Some believe it all to be a man-made hoax. Some, these etchings in the ground are messages from the gods, alien attempts to communicate with us. And still others believe that the Earth itself is creating these glyphs. What are these crop circles? Where do they come from? And what, if anything, can we learn from them? So the other day I was catching up on some old movies that I hadn't seen in a while. And I was catching up on the M. Night Shyamalan, you know, signs. <laughs> all the Shyamalan. Yeah, I was watching one of those. I forget what it, the name of it was, but it was cool. It was all going one way. And then like at the at the very end, there was a twist. And it like totally made the first whole part of the 90% of the first part of the movie like totally irrelevant. And it just totally took it in a totally different direction. Which one? There's only one. What? There's only one of those that does. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, that must have been Signs. The movie Signs. That's, when, that's the one where Mel Gibson is uh, some farmer out in the middle of God knows where. And all of a sudden, his, he's got crop circles in his own backyard and starts freaking out. And um, he tells the guy that was in Gladiator to hit away. And nobody really understood what hit away <laughs> meant until the very end when he smashed a creepy alien over the head. But the point is, is that it touched on these crop circles these as signs from alien visitors from outer space, which is such a cool idea. So I took a look at it online. Not really. Bryce made me. Because the but, internet is a great place to go for actual authority on everything. Yeah, yeah, online. Everything on the internet is true. Everything on the internet is true. Every single thing. So, Actually, our entire show today is based around the truth of the internet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And looking up these crop circles, trying to figure out what the heck is going on, what is all this stuff, is there any validity to it, I learned a, a couple of things. One, these things date back a long time ago. In fact, I think the earliest reports I found were in 1678. 
Um, and then there were some reporting in the 1880s, but it really didn't come to a head until really the 80s. And there was an event prior to the 80s in 1966, I guess down in Australia, where there was some guy that he was out in a farm and he saw <laughs> he, he saw a saucer lift up out of the out of the fields and he found you know when he went, after he saw the saucer fly away, he ran over to his field and he saw oi look at there's all these signs right there and he saw all these signs like right in the middle of his you know flattened thing and in the water I guess there were these reeds that had come up. And he was like, Crikey, looky here, let's step out on these reeds. And they put ten guys on the reeds and none of them would sink. So it was a phenomenon. But then nothing oh really happened. <laughs> then nothing really happened until I guess about the eighties when it started to get nuts out in the UK. Crop circles here, crop circles there. You couldn't go like out into Wickersham without there being crop circles, right? And then I guess in nineteen ninety one when I graduated high school, by the way, for those keeping school at home. So as I was walking... Coincidence? Yeah, so I was like... I think not. <laughs> and at that same time... That's weird. Here, have some spicy chicken sausage to make it stranger. And make sure your anus doesn't get cold. <laughs> That's coming up. I graduated high school, and We're the next year, by coincidence, my anus was cold. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, in 1991, when Bryce's anus was getting cored, there were two guys from Southampton, England, and they just totally announced that all the stuff that they did in the 80s and the 70s, actually since 76, was inspired by this 66 event down in Australia. They were just fooling everybody. And the only reason they came out is because the one guy's wife suspected him of, like, you know, cheating. Because he kind of oh, kept yeah. going out all night. I mean, can you imagine what that explanation yeah, must have been? Yeah, a his car, I think. Yeah, she would have been like, you know, uh, Hey, uh, where are you going tonight? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going out with for a drink with one of the buds. Right, you're not going out for a drink with one of the buds. First of all, you're not going to the bar. Nobody knows that you're going to the bar, and I've been checking her out. Well, love, you see, it's like this, really. <laughs> I'm actually going out to, um, it's really funny if you get the gist of it. We're actually going out to the a farm. Uh, you know, old man Witherspoon? Right! Witherspoon's an old fart! Yeah, exactly, right. See, even makes it that much more funnier. We went out to his backyard, and we made these fabulous signs. Very intricately detailed signs. And everyone loves them. What? You're joking! You're totally having an affair! No, dear, I'm not. It's honest to God. Look, I'll show you how I put a cardboard box. Right! Shut your tooth! And that, ladies and gentlemen is how the signs were made out in oh Australia. God. And this is the like most comprehensive overview of crop circles I have ever heard. <laughs> That's an covered authentic all Australian accent, I must say. <laughs> well, it, I think, yeah. Okay, so anyway, so like, so this that happened so these guys came out in the early 90s, but still people believed in these signs and it's still, you know, because it didn't explain everything because it, the phenomenon was way bigger than what these guys could do. So in 1999, this one guy got funding, um, you know, like 50 bucks, and he went out and he did some research, <laughs> and he, he allegedly penetrated the groups making these things, and he was able to debunk about 80% of them. About 80% of the signs that are out there, he's, he's going out there and, and finding out that it's these groups, whether they're pranksters or whether they're artists or, you know, what, you know uh, whatever it is, he found that about 80% are fake. Would you call yourself a crop circle skeptic? Well, um, 
Yes. They have to define the term, right? <laughs> I mean, I guess skeptic as far as if it were, you mean, it, am I skeptical that it, it is, the crop circles come from alien beings? Yes. Generally, I'm skeptical whenever it comes to, you know, vastly extraordinary explanations which have a simpler solution. So in this case, uh, I, there, there's really nothing out there that's so overwhelmingly compelling that says, you know, these are signs from aliens that it makes it hard for me to um, to believe. Okay, so I want to throw out some of the weird things, Bill, because you were saying, like, uh, you, so you're coming from a skeptical standpoint, which, by the way, as am I, I, uh, I, I think ultimately I think that it's human in origin, but there's some oddities to it that I don't think are so easy to just turn your eyes from. So what it means is that somebody's doing something bizarre. So here are the things that I found that are to me to be incredibly bizarre about the phenomenon. So first of all, the circles always appear overnight. You were asking me about this the other day, Bill, when we were talking about this on the phone, as to how do we know for sure that they were all created in like a six to eight hour period? Mm -hmm. The answer is I couldn't find anything online anywhere that said like factually that's what happened, but they all seem to assert that they all happened in one night. And I don't see anybody saying that they didn't. Otherwise, I think that sort of refutes the whole there's something weird about it thing, right? I mean, if it's multiple nights, then it's no longer all that strange anyways so they all show up in about in in a night many of them but not all uh have an incredibly complex fractal geometry to them and fractal geometry is like the random um geometric patterns and math and and whatnot but it's incredibly complicated and by complicated i mean we can put up pictures but it's not just circles it's not just like a couple of circles linked with a line it's like crazy fractal stuff that takes up an entire field like a football field's length of designs well you know i can actually easily explain that you know if you look at the the uh, activities of the kids that go to like USC or Michigan State they go out they go cow tipping these kids from you know MIT they've got to go out and make crop circles kids at, kids at USC don't go t- cow tipping I'm just just like that's, that, that's what she's saying yeah. <laughs> they go make fractal geometry <laughs> all right so we'll, we'll come we'll cows. come back to MIT then because I want to say something about that mm. specifically the students at M- M- MIT it's funny that you bring that up but at any rate MIT the the, the crop circles K-E-Y. that are that are widely believed to be the the legit mystery type circles have uh, expulsion cavities in the stalks of the wheat. And the wheat is always bent. It's never broken. Did you say expulsion cavity? Yeah, so check... No, I'm going to tell you what it's all all about, right? So... It's the cavity in the inside of the wheat stalk where, like, the water flows up. It's the hollow part, and it's burst open from the inside out. And and what would do that is, like, high heat, uh, something like a microwave could make the stalks break out like that. And to add even more weirdness to it, they often find magnetized iron spheres throughout the, the circle boundaries, right up to the edge of where the circles are or the designs or whatever, and then they instantly cut off. And sometimes those spheres are radioactive. They have isotopes in them that, that mark the, the formation. So it's, there's some pretty wacky stuff going on. And the thing that I wanted to say about the MIT students is, is that in 2002, the Discovery Channel hired five aeronautics and astronautics students from MIT to try to see if they could create a crop circle of their own. Mm-hmm. And they commissioned these kids to go out there and make one that was n- nowhere near as advanced as the ones that, that are usually done. And they gave them a couple of criteria that they had to meet. They had to, like, meet the bending, not breaking thing of the stems. They had to get the magnetized iron spheres all over the place, and they had to sh- have the stalk show the expulsion cavities where the, the heat heated everything up. And they were given everything from, like, 
uh, night vision to laser measuring devices to like mark how they were going to do the designs and everything else. And they weren't able to complete. Yeah, but they were the C um, students the t- though. They didn't give it to like the A guys. They're like, uh, "Hey, you in the back? <laughs> Who us? What? <laughs> you guys want to be on the Discovery Channel? We are okay. sure, whatever." <laughs> so I mean, so seriously though, I mean, what do you guys think about that? I mean, that that to me adds a lot of at least a lot of complexity to the mystery. If somebody's doing this, which I think somebody probably is, in my opinion, they've got to have access to stuff that's really, really strange like they've come up with ways like the the MIT students used a portable microwave emitter to make the the stalks burst so somebody's got to have access to technology like that to get it to work so wait so these are stuff that the anal cavity and the wheat is the one that explodes because it it's got the water exploded, yeah yeah okay yes. so the so the wheat anal cavity is it po- if it if it's got water that it conducts is it possible that it just got so cold that it froze and it burst open because of the because of the cold water. Well, then why wouldn't it happen all the time? Because maybe if you bend it, I don't know. Maybe like if it's cold enough. I think you'd enough. have to ask the botanist about this stuff to find. I mean, maybe this is something that happens naturally. We, you know, how are we to know what it's happens? A spontaneous actually. geometric. No, not that. I'm talking about the uh, the anal expulsion cavities in the wheat. Mm. Maybe it's, it's something the that's totally. It's the phloem you know, part of the of the stock. There's the xylem and the phloem. Mm. Actually, it's the xylem part. So the xylem explodes, but I don't. I don't but know why. If, if, that, if that was happening naturally, wouldn't wouldn't they just simply say, "Oh, but that's not something that's odd because it happens all the time." Maybe it yeah, only happens. True. Maybe it only happens when you bend it. Maybe like if you bend a wheat stock. I don't know. If you bend a wheat stock, it's it, it opens it up and to like the is air. This something or something that they've colder. found at all. Have they found this at every crop circle, ah. or a large number of them? They were very careful to say that the ones that were clearly in question as being mysterious, they found this in. Mm-hmm. But see, there's a bunch of them. Like, I, I took the liberty a couple nights ago. I watched something up on YouTube that had a photographic listing of every image they have of a crop circle from 1990 forward. And it took like two hours to get through the whole thing. And Sounds for like fun that. and educational purposes, I decided <laughs> to just go ahead and watch the entire string of YouTube videos showing all these pictures. And um, to me, <sighs> there were about. Five to ten of them that were like, wow. Like, there's no way that's, that, like, a few guys with, with boards and strings could have gone off and done this in a night, let alone could they have done it at all. I mean, I was like, wow. But the rest of them, the, the, the reason that I think no that it's probably human in origin is because some of the designs are so clearly <laughs> like, you know, like it's a circle with a big heart in it. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay, or that's Hello nice, Kitty logo. But... I love you, yeah. Debbie. <laughs> yeah. Those are the female aliens coming. Yeah, right. Rat, I love me. Here is the crop circle I have made for you in the shape of a human heart, and here is the cord anus of the human I killed. I love you. Enjoy. God. I guess I would really have to believe that there was some reason that aliens were coming down to make circles in wheat. <laughs> Traveling across just, billions of wait, miles. Well, when you put it that way, you know, you just take all the magic out of it. You know, if it was circles and corn, I'd understand. But wheat, no. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like thinking about a trial. What's the motive? Mm. Well, and couldn't, couldn't you argue, though, that if if it truly was an alien intelligence, you could never fully understand it anyways, right? It's alien. If it's truly alien, how would you know the alien mind? You wouldn't. And well, so if they decided they wanted to come down and make, you know, hearts on wheat, 
Uh, granted, to us, that's the most bizarre thing ever. But I, I mean, I, I actually know for by looking into this stuff for years and years that the, a lot of the stuff that's reported with the UFO phenomenon is just absolutely 100% bizarre. And I'm not just like bizarre, like we saw a flying saucer bizarre, like bizarre, bizarre. Like mm. the aliens came down and they were purple and they had a boombox playing, you know, Dougie Fresh. That kind of bizarre. Why didn't well, any of these goddamn farmers have like a night vision camera going? You know, and so then they would have like on their, their four hundred acres. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. And, and uh, well, I just think logistically that'd be difficult. But yeah, there've been videos out there that show what look like ball lightning or little lights zooming in and out of the fields uh, the night before a crop circle shows up. Or maybe they're flashlights for whatever that means. <laughs> well, there's even a theory out there that says that this stuff is. Um, is naturally occurring as odd as that is to believe. There's one guy that thinks it's either ball lightning or natural energy vortexes, whatever the heck that means, <laughs> that creates like these, you know, patterns because there it's is the fractal flux geometry. capacitor. Sorry. Well, no, there's there's real life like fractal geometry in nature and that that occurs in, sure. in rocks and patterns and things like that and so they, right. they're an argument is is that whatever is causing these could be natural in origin too. I find it <clears throat> unlikely. <laughs> it's the damnedest thing. It, 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 I put I put my keys on the counter. I sw- I know I did, and then I turned around. They were gone, gone. Right, so if you guys if you guys had to guess, what's what uh, what's your best guess as to what's going on, uh, Bill? Although I already know. <laughs> I think it's a bunch of guys that are going out there making crop circles, and it's like the uh, if you build it, they will come sort of thing, and. Look, if these highly complex things were actually done over the span of one night, I mean, it seems pretty remarkable that they would be able to do it. But, And I'm sure it would be very hard to get hardcore proof that they were actually done over one night. But this seems to be great incentive to the people that this is that, that are doing this to kind of perpetrate the, um, the mystery around this. And I'm not sure if the analysis regarding, you know, the reasoning behind the... You know, isotopes and the bent as opposed to broken stocks and the anal explosions on the inside of the stocks aren't spurious examples with other reasoning. And none of us are necessarily botanists to be able to explain, you know, what is normal and what's not. So I I think I still remain highly skeptical. I would still say it's um, it was a bunch of posers. Okay, uh, Cromley? Uh, I think I would tend to agree with Bill. I think that, you know, like you were saying, you watch two hours of these patterns and only... Five or ten of them were ones that you can't explain, and to just assume that they must be some supernatural thing, when all the rest of them weren't, just seems like you're not, you know, you know, who knows what people can come up with? They can come up with some pretty crazy stuff, so it's hard to, uh, you can't just write it off as saying, oh, well, you know, humans could never do that. All right, Kern? Well, I'm actually kind of torn, because you're right, fractal geometry does occur in nature, but do I think that there's some otherworldly being coming down and... Um, inscribing the name of their dog in our wheat? I don't think so. <laughs> what if it's her boyfriend or but girlfriend? It would be awesome <laughs> right, if it were true. I, I just I don't I don't I don't see it. So I'd, I'd have to go with. Eh, no. That's an interesting viewpoint so. though, because you're 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 basing it off of the causality, because you can't figure out why makes it makes it um, not true. Well, no, I, I, I'm, I'm saying I can't figure out why. Therefore, I'm not going to go with the most outrageous possible explanation. To me, an outrageous explanation is that for some unknown motive that doesn't make any sense to me, aliens are coming down and putting crop circles in our, in our crops in just 
random order. I'm not going to automatically ascribe it to something otherworldly just because I can't understand it. There's got to be something else, and I think we're all kind of like on the same the same page in that respect, yeah. Though, right? Yeah, that's an interesting that's an interesting point. Is that it's not exactly happening in oh I don't know Somalia where they're where they're starving people and you know they could really Crops use that stay weed. Long, yeah, long right. What about you, uh, Bryce? What do you think? Well. I'm actually with you guys. I'm just with you with a, a, a different way. I think that there is a significant mystery to it, but the mystery isn't alien in origin. It's how are these guys doing this in yeah, one I'll night and leaving out. behind the traces that they're leaving behind? Mm-hmm. And I just have to imagine, I, I mean, if it was me, that by looking at the patterns, I see like a group of um, sort of cross between science students and artists in a group of like you know the secretive cabal hobbyist group that they they like goofing around with and you can see why they would want to be secret because obviously they're breaking the law by going out there and like ruining these farmers crops but you know it would be this great high for them to go out there and create this incredible piece of artwork which is what it is in these fields and then not get caught and i think they've probably developed a really fast and innovative way to do this with use you know without leaving a trace that they've gone out there in the field and done it and i would be interested really to see how they did it i am not a believer actually in in what bill said earlier that those two guys doug and dave from the uk who came forward and said we did it i don't believe that that's true i think those are two drunks in a local bar that decided they wanted to take credit for it but looking at the stuff that they did when they came out and said okay this is how we did it i think it's bs they never came close to touching the 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 complexity of some of the designs that that are out there, and that the phenomenon just grew after they said they did it. It didn't, well, it didn't but, uh, decrease. But couldn't it be that they started the phenomenon, and then people like you're talking about the the artists and mathematicians picked up and expanded upon it and made it something much more bigger than they were capable of? Yeah, I, I mean that seems like a reasonable possible. explanation to me. Well, and it's probably worth saying too that when I looked through all those images, the thing that was probably most interesting to me about the whole thing is when you start out in the phenomenon. The phenomenon doesn't start out as an incredibly complex fractal pattern. It starts out as a couple circles, yeah. and by the end of it, uh, right up to you know the first couple months of 2008, the the patterns are more and more and more complex. So obviously, if the aliens were coming here, they could have clearly have done the complex patterns early, but instead they didn't for whatever reason, which tells me it's people unless, unless it's perfecting an, that art. Unless it's an alien that's learning art. <laughs> I, think, I think I've solved it. Back Maybe it's the 80s, one they alien. They had that whole Star Wars you know, missile defense system, and I think what they've done is they've now installed a Husqvarna embossing embroidery thing up there that just shoots down mm-hmm. these great mm-hmm. little patterns, you know, like, you know, Mickey Mouse with, like, you know, Goofy and all kinds of things. No, I think oh, it's, wait, it's like that. It's like that kid. toy in the, in the 80s where, you used, remember, you used to be able to, like, um, it had, like, a... a, a no, no, pro- uh, no, 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 the, pro- the projector, Spire and graph. you could, like, no, 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 it was a projector, <laughs> and you would put little slides in that would project little monster silhouettes on your wall. Sure, they still have those. You remember you what mean, I'm like talking a about? Flashlight in your hand? No, <laughs> no, no. It was a real thing. It I was like the, the monster gun thing, and it like put little silhouettes of monsters on the wall through. Yeah, it is like a flashlight with a cutout. Right. Over. That's exactly what it was. I so it's the military because what else really would they do with all that expensive hardware? But like you know, burn crops. Lord knows they don't have anything else to be doing. Slackers. <laughs> <laughs> Crop circles. Solve. Weird science, 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 science
water. Clean, fresh, pure, it's in our air, in our oceans, in our very bodies. It is essential for the survival of all creatures on Earth. But is the water we trust to be our elixir of life as pure as we think? From New York City to San Francisco, California, researchers are discovering traces of sedatives, pain medications, antidepressants, hormones, and more in the drinking water supplies of millions of Americans. Further, pharmaceuticals in river and lake water are being blamed for unnatural changes in fish, amphibians, earthworms, and plankton. The drugs we take as a society are contaminating the very water we rely on to live. But how? And how do we stop it? I was looking online at news, oh gosh, two, three weeks ago, I think, maybe longer, and there was an article about, that really kind of shocked me, pharmaceutical drugs detected in drinking water. And it came out of the Associated Press stating that antibiotics, anticonvulsants, mood stabilizers, and sex hormones mm. have been found in the drinking water supplies of at least 41 million Americans. It really kind of makes, uh, makes you stop and think, okay, what am I drinking? Alien secretion. <laughs> you know, it's probably worth <laughs> noting that when you brought up this topic, this was this is something that is has actually been a, a long time conspiracy theory that's been discussed right. about is that the government is putting something to you know control us or placate us or dumb us down or whatever in our drinking water. So you know that was one of the ones that's so fringe that was just completely ignored and off the radar until this article came out, and then suddenly, obviously, there was an explosion of oh my god, it's true. So. <laughs> It's been around longer than this article. Well, I can't say that it that, that would make sense in the grand scheme of things, because according to the, the article that was listed here, there were different drugs in different areas of the country. For example, Philadelphia had medications including uh, for treatment for pain, infection, uh, high cholesterol, asthma, epilepsy, mental illness, and heart problems. Southern California had anti-epileptic and anti-anxiety medications. San Francisco had sex hormones. Antibiotics were found in Tucson, Arizona. There's a lot of, of diversity in relation to the different kinds of pharmaceuticals that are in the water. There are three ways that drugs can enter your body. Through your skin, through your mouth, or through your vein. And when I say through your skin, some people can put it in their eyes or things like that. But just transdermal absorption, absorption through your GI tract your stomach, your intestines, or, or right into your vein. Transdermal. Wow. Yeah. That's well, a, a $5,000 term right there. Well, think about it. Transdermal like a nicotine patch. Um, that's a transdermal system. You're trying to quit smoking. You'll get, you go get the, you know, I don't smoke, but you know, nicotine gum isn't what I mean, but they've got the nicotine patch you can put on. That's a transdermal medication administration system. That's you. It absorbs through your skin. Oh my God. Dear Tavern cast. I really liked it better when you talked about molten core, and now you're talking about transdermal anal cow coring. What the hell happened to your show? I hate your show. There's those three ways that you can you can absorb the, the medication, and the reason why that's important to understand is that the body then has to has to convert those drugs into something it can use. When you swallow your aspirin every day, the aspirin doesn't just go right into your bloodstream and poof, it works. It gets absorbed into your bloodstream, and then usually it goes through your liver 
to then be transformed. Liver is kind of like kind of like a processing plant. You don't go out to the go out to the uh, out to the farm and just bite into a cow and have a steak. You got the cow has to go to the slaughterhouse and get processed, and then you get the piece of meat that you can eat after it gets cooked and everything. It's kind of what the liver does. Hopefully. The liver takes something in in one end and brings it out the other, and that's the drug that your body uses. Over the course of however many days or whatever it is you're taking, your body uses as much of that drug as it can, and the rest of it is excreted out through your urine. That's what they say they're finding in this in this drinking water. Then your urine gets then flushed to the wastewater treatment plant. It goes through and they filter out, filters all the stuff out, as much of it as it can, and then they put the water back into the reservoir and back into the drinking system. Well, they aren't able to get all of those bits of drug, it's called leftovers, called drug metabolites, but the, the leftover parts of the drug out, and so that's what it is that they're testing. According to the EPA, the other sources of these drugs are people that have expired medications that are either flushing them down the toilet, putting them down the sink, um, putting them in landfills, or it's runoff from the crops, the pesticides and things that they get into the groundwater and then get into the reservoir and then get into our drinking water. There is an increased um, usage of anti-anxiety medications. Now we're talking about, you know, San Francisco, there are a lot of sex hormones in the water. Does that mean that the residents in the San Francisco Bay Area are using more sex hormones or hormone replacement therapy, and that's how it's getting in the drinking water? I don't know. Yeah, but see, they need to do that study. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, that's that's one of the linchpins on this whole thing. Like, how do you mean? Uh, what was it New York New York City, I think, was the antidepressant one or the sedative one? I don't remember. <laughs> the, the, the city that they found all the, the sedatives or antidepressants. But at, at any rate, let's just roll with it for the sake of the conversation that that's sure. what they found there. Sure. Um, somebody needs to do some research to find out do the citizens of New York City um, intake more antidepressants than other areas in the country to oh such an extent that there would be like a huge influx of antidepressants in the water system from the wastewater? I don't need a a, uh, a study to tell me that I would have to. I, I would I would say with eighty five to ninety percent certainty, absolutely. I mean, we're talking about a high stress, high high study. population. I'm sorry. No, I, I still want to see a study, though. I mean, you, you can't just say it. I want to know for sure, like the San Francisco thing. Fine, if there's sex hormones in it, I want to know that the people in San Francisco are, like, downing a bunch of whatever, sex hormones, to see if there's a reason why it's in the water. I think that's fair, but you've also got to use common sense. I mean, look at look at New York. You've got high high percentage, high population, high, high, uh, high numbers of people. You've got high-stress jobs. You've got it's a city that doesn't sleep. I wouldn't be surprised if you had that kind of stuff. Now... San Francisco, I don't know if that's necessarily a fair statement. I don't know enough about the area and all that stuff. It, it, it is one of the, the, the in America anyways, uh, one of the most sexually free cities. At least it's considered to be such. Um, so, I mean, you know, you could make that argument, but I don't think it's very well founded. Well, Yeah, well then why don't they have that in, in Nevada where you've got legalized brothels and things like that? I mean, that kind of claim I don't think necessarily makes sense. So therefore, I would agree with you that a study does need to be done. Well, what about things like, okay, so, so fine, so this is coming out of our wastewater, but how come there's no traces of, say, cocaine, marijuana, heroin? I mean, the United States is one of the biggest uh, countries in, Maybe that abuses drugs in the world. I so think where's all of that? I think that the the reason is, and this is just my own reasoning, is that it's not being used in the amounts that we are using the prescription drugs. You're talking about people using, let's say, for example, one of the drugs that they said they found was Tegretol. Tegretol is an anticonvulsant and a mood stabilizer. 
I use it for people that have epilepsy and different kinds of bipolar disorder. And these people take Tegretol every day. Now, how many people are on Tegretol? I don't know the answer to that, but the pharmaceutical companies are making a buttload of money. That said, the, the drug cartels are making a buttload of money, but not everybody is using cocaine and heroin and things like that. I have to imagine it has to do something with the way that it's metabolized. You don't find morphine and its derivatives in, in the wastewater like you do with these other things. So if this stuff is coming out of our wastewater, does that mean that there's other unfiltered waste that's coming through that they're not speaking as much about? So in other words, if we have remnants of prescription meds coming through and mm-hmm. it's supposedly clean water that's been filtered mm-hmm. out of you know wastewater, do we have something else passing through? Well... The way that the EPA describes it is um, PPCPs, and that's pharmaceuticals and personal care products. And that includes any product used by individuals for personal health or cosmetic reasons, um, like chemical substances, including prescription over-the-counter therapeutic drugs, veterinary drugs, fragrances, lotions, and cosmetics. That's what they test for. So I don't know that they necessarily have testing for what it is that you're talking about. Well, they test for things like, you know, the bacteria and things like that i know that they have standards for that right they which do. would catch most i mean i think this is something that they hadn't tested for before which is why it's coming up now interestingly though I, i'm a person who really drinks bottled water i don't know why but the taste of aquafina <laughs> just really hits the spot for me i drink aquafina mostly exclusively now i don't even drink tap water anymore i just want the taste of it so I went to the Aquafina site, and I went to the EPA and talked about what they allow. It's kind of like how many, how many impurities they allow. The FDA uses total dissolved solids as a, me- as a measure for purity. It's, in, its initials are TDS. And in regular water, the FDA allows 500 parts per million or 500 pieces per, per volume for, for spring water. But bottled water is only allowed a maximum of 10 parts per million. I mean, that's... That's a significant difference. Maybe that's why bottled water tastes better or more or different. And Aquafina is is sourced from public drinking water. It's not, you know, from the mountain spring or anything like that. So yeah, it's actually worth saying that uh, if you think you're safe and somehow avoiding the tap water that we're talking about here by drinking drinking water or bottled right. water, you're probably not. You should right. probably check the labels and check the source of that water because like 90% of it's just, you know, repackaged water from some aquifer in some other somebody else's city. Well, to go back to what you were saying though, Bryce, for just a second, don't I don't want you to get everybody all freaked out about this because according to the tests that they've been doing, there isn't a negative there haven't been any documented negative effects based on Yet. what people are getting in the water. Okay, Mr. Conspiracy Theory. That's, <laughs> that's what they're saying. I'm just saying it takes a while to do these tests and I'm still I'm I, look, I, I have two major questions about this that totally freaked me out and, and the, the one I've already said, which is that I wanna see research that proves that the areas high in the things they're finding in, in the uh, in the drinking water are actually drugs that are being used a lot in that area. Mm-hmm. And two, I wanna know what the cumulative effect of all these sedatives, antidepressants, narcotic pain meds and you know hormones what they would all be well, what are they actually doing to us and i know because i know enough about research that they're not going to be able to find this for five to ten years because they need to do a study but until they do that it's you know i think there's a huge question and it's and it's i, I read the article too and it sort of miffed me off that the epa was like oh there's no problem with it 
And it, well, but, how but do think, they know think that? about what you're asking though. You're asking for a study that would that would effectively take a cross section of people taking multiple different kinds of medications, All drinking the water country. in multiple different kinds of, of concentrations and and, and volumes, um, with multiple different medical problems and medical histories and medications that they're on as well. There's no there would be no too. way to get a standardized sampling of all of these people to figure out what the quote-unquote effects of these quote-unquote metabolites are in the, in the drinking water. It just wouldn't be possible. Well, plus you would need it for all the different major metropolitan areas in the city or in the country over a period of a long time, I would assume. Ten years, five years, whatever. Years, yeah. And somewhere you need to get well, funding for it. And to get back to the strangeness part of it, though, it, it just it, it's interesting that, that they list the sources of this as... Not only metabolites that come from our, our wastewater treatment area, but also runoff from the uh, from the landfills and from the crops, but also people that discard their medications. I've never put my medications down the toilet. Well. Or or paint. Poured things down the sink. <laughs> you know, that's that's a good point. A lot of people I'm sure do. Yeah. Do do what? Throw them down the sure. toilet? Why? How else are you going to get rid of your pain meds? I mean, I guess you could throw them in the trash. I mean, I don't. Why not? I take them. Why not hold on to them and use them when you need them later? After they expired? Yeah, they're not going to be good much after that. It's not necessarily a good idea either. I mean, the the crop runoff doesn't surprise me at all. I I mean, I would I would want to see what research would be like to the water table around like a cattle processing area, (laughs) like Central California. Just say you don't want to be downstream from it. No, I bet you before. anything, the water tables there are riddled with hormones well, you can, and antibiotics. Yeah. Well, you can even just smell it, so I'm sure the water's bad. Yeah, but I'm not talking about the waste. I'm talking about the stuff they feed to the cows. Well, but that's the, in the, the waste. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 exactly. I don't know. This stuff weirds me out. I mean, because I, like I said, until until somebody comes out and says what the cumulative effects of all this is, uh, I'm not, you know. Stepping I, out I mean, of your house. You're not going to drink any more water? <laughs> what are you going to do? I mean, there's nothing I'm going to hold my breath. <gasps> No more liquids for me. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just gonna drink beer. Uh, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, they don't use water and beer at all. <laughs> no, no, no. The the alcohol kills all the bad stuff. Kills so, medicine. Uh, yeah. Alcohol kills antidepressants. That's all I have to say. I can That's tell you, fact. my Frank Zappa beer is definitely hitting the hitting the spot. Sweet. Definitely alcohol kills sex hormones. Wait. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Those are the good Something ones. Like that. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. How can we actually get sex hormones imported into our like fluoride? I want fluoride and sex hormones in our water. You have good mm. teeth and well, yeah, <laughs> and happy people. Well, but happy honestly, smile. though, wait a second. If if you think about it for a second, hang on, hang on. So we were. I just kind of went through a brief discussion of the three different ways you can get medication into your system. Anything that you take in your mouth has to be of a certain chemical composition that then gets broken down and has to be metabolized again by your liver. Just because you're getting sex hormones in your water doesn't mean it's the kind of chemical composition that your body's going to be able to do anything with other than just plain excrete back Yeah, out. whatever. You know, Funky nothing. cold Medina. That's all I'm saying. You know, no sex hormones. <laughs> Sorry, what? All I'm saying is someone should open a bottled water business in San Francisco. I think Tone Loke said it best. Market it all right. I'm saying, all I'm saying is that I'm freaked out because since I've moved within 30 miles of San Francisco, all I can freaking talk about now on Taverncast is anal corn. Anal corn. Coincidence? I think not. 
I think you should stop drinking the water, Brian. Uh, it must be something here, too, because we were talking about spotted dick long before you moved out there. <laughs> Good topic, Turn Katera. Thanks for <laughs> freaking me out. Thank you very much. Hey, is there water in chocolate milk? <laughs> no. Is it wet? <laughs> Damn. So you like the chocolate, huh? <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> bad water. Bad water brought bad luck on me. Yes, it brought bad luck on me Bad water Took my family When we first looked at it, it was just unbelievable uh, that you could take an animal and do this too without uh, leaving some kind of track, some kind of evidence behind. Since the first reported incident in 1967, nearly 20,000 domestic cattle have been found dead and mutilated worldwide. With laser-like precision, the animal's eyes, sexual organs, tongue, and ears are removed. Their blood drained and their bodies dropped, seemingly from mid-air. Scavengers and predators refuse to feed on these mutilated animals. Strange marks are found on the ground. Researchers report seeing UFOs and black unmarked helicopters. Multiple state and federal investigations in the United States have been unable to determine responsibility or motive. Yet, the mutilations continue. What on earth, or beyond it, is behind this macabre instance of high strangeness? This is this is one hell of an odd uh, phenomenon. So it started in the United States in the 1960s with a horse named Lady, who was mutilated in really weird ways. Had her head all the all from the neck up. All of the skin and flesh and tissue uh, was removed off of the skull, and the skull was bleached like it had been, you know, subjected under high heat. And that was the first one that happened, and they were like, what the heck is this? And they blamed it on Mr. Uh, Cult, don't, I think. does not like to be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> and since then, the uh, phenomenon has spread to cows and horses in all 50 states in the United States and all over the entire world. Actually, it, it, it's in every country, or every major country, but it's been reported in a good chunk of the third world, too, especially throughout Africa and the, the Mideast. And the, the stuff that's reported is always the same. A typical mutilation involves something like the removal of eyes, sexual organs, the removal of the anus, <laughs> the, the, i.e. the coring of the anus, the removal of the tongue or the lips of the animal, the removal of one ear, surprisingly never both, <laughs> only it's one. It's a mob hit, I'm uh, telling you. Yeah, draw the line somewhere. <laughs> there can be only one. 
the stripping of hide and flesh from the jaw and the area directly beneath the ear, but nowhere else, just the jaw and beneath the ear, the removal of soft organs from the lower body, the presence of incisions and cuts across the body that appear to have been made by a surgical instrument. And these things, actually, the cuts oftentimes are done with high heat, as if a laser did it. The wounds are cauterized. The heat is is uh, has been measured to be in the excess of 300 degrees, somewhere above 300 Or a degrees. lightsaber, I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. You think like a Jedi's got to be hiding the carcass of it's the cow to keep warm? Yoda back in the day. Yoda has those some cold Wyoming nights. <laughs> you must core his anus, you must. <laughs> and reside in the anus to keep warm in Wyoming. <laughs> and you thought they smelled bad on the outside. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, I thought they smelled bad on the outside. So when the, the carcass is on the ground rotting, within the first 24 hours, there's just no predators like turkey vultures, coyotes, hyenas in the third world countries, whatever. Uh, they, they just don't come around and scavenge the animal. And the other animals, the herd animals, stay away as if they're spooked by something. Sometimes there's the ground around the animal is irradiated. A lot of times the blood is completely drained from the animal, complete exsanguination from, from the cow. And most strangely, I thought, if this all isn't strange enough, a lot of times the animal shows signs of like broken legs, broken ribs, bruises on the bottom of it, um, all consistent as if it had been dropped from 30 to 40 feet in the air. And there was actually a recent case that just happened uh, earlier this year where there were 32 cows that had broken off from a maid herd. This was in Wyoming. They found the cows the next day, all of them dead, all of them with just the ovaries removed, just the ovaries, and all of their blood gone. That's it. And all of them had broken legs and bruises and contusions and whatever underneath the bodies as if they had been dropped. And the veterinary coroners or whatever said that it had all been between 35 and 40 feet, the dropping. And there was no signs of disturbance, no signs of truck tires, no signs of human entry or predator entry into the area. Just all left for dead with their ovaries and blood gone. And so, what the hell? Anybody have any clues before I roll into other stuff? I blame Bill. Do you know what the answer is and you're asking us? <laughs> no, there is, guess, right? no, there is no answer. It's an enduring mystery. In fact, the FBI carried out an investigation <clears throat> in 1975, and they found nothing. They were completely mystified. They, they, they left it as it's an unsolved mystery, and they suspect cultic activity, but some of the physical characteristics are something they couldn't explain. The local ranchers started protecting their cows at night you know, with guns and shooting at any flying objects oh, in yeah, the I air that, that would come over because they assumed it was going to be you know, a UFO abducting the cow. I mean, that, that went on for a long time, and the local police in those, in those areas were... Uh, were really incensed about it too and not knowing how to you know what what answers to give or what to tell the ranchers who were all freaked out because their cows were getting mutilated so it's pretty bizarre and there's some other bizarreness to it too a lot of times ufos are reported before or after sometimes storms that blow in quickly and then blow out are reported Uh, that's an often recurring thing black helicopters that's where the whole x-files thing with the black helicopters came from was the cattle mutilation phenomena where people see unmarked black or darkly painted helicopters flying over areas where they later find mutilated cows and the strangest of all is that they say that the helicopters either 
make no sound at all, or they make sounds not indicative with helicopters, like whooshing or booming or sounds like a freight train. Weirdness. It's just the most recent Boeing uh, Boeing airplanes. They're all powered by dishwashers and washing machines. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you guys think? Well, it seems to be a wide variety of circumstances that are giving rise to this. I mean, storms coming and going, irradiated areas, black helicopters. I mean, they don't all seem to fit into the same story that you're trying to tell. Or not you, but just, you know, the general you is so why if, don't they if, if this, would, those those are the common things they yeah but it. like if the black helicopters come so for instance one of the theories may be that the federal government's coming in and that is one yeah of them, testing yep. like whether or not there are lasting effects of nuclear radiation for atomic testing they're doing and they're taking local cows and chopping them up and seeing if it <laughs> you know if their um colons are super huge or something because of this uh, exposure but that wouldn't necessarily mean that there would be, like, they would irradiate the area around the cow or that they would, you know, alter the weather for the approaching uh, black, you know, helicopters that are going to come in. So it just seems like there's so many different facts. It's almost hard to figure out what the, you know, what a plausible story is for, for this. What does it all mean? What does it all add up to? 42. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make sure you were done. <laughs> what do you think, Bryce? I don't know. I have no idea. And this one freaks me out because... You were going to get into the cattle ranching business? It's so absolutely bizarre. Here's something that, to me, makes the only sense that I can make out of it, is that the only people that would have the ability to do something like this that isn't some exotic extraterrestrial hypothesis is, in my opinion, the government or the governments of the world problem is and, and i could see some situation where maybe they were trying to like you know track the spread of mad cow disease or there is a, a a factual connection between the reproductive systems of cows and the reproductive systems of humans being similar to the point where they could do research great the problem that i have with it is why would any government body not just breed their own cows on some military installation somewhere and do whatever the hell they want to just do? Pay just pay the buy them farmer at the uh, county fair. Yeah, just pay the yeah. farmer. Hey, I'll uh, I'll give you five hundred dollars. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean that that's that to me is the part that it kind of discredits the military government involvement thing because I mean it's so bizarre as to think oh, why would they even bother and, and and why would they leave them behind? Why wouldn't they just take them? And how would they take them without getting a truck or something in there? So that, that implies exotic technology that's able to do stuff that at least we're not aware of, i.e. it comes in, hovers, doesn't disturb anything, takes some cows, harvests some stuff with a laser, and drops them off. Or it's a helicopter bizarre. with a harness. Possible. I mean, yeah, Take them somewhere, well, chop about... them up, drop them from 35 to 40 feet. But why? Again, why? No idea. Why would they do it? Maybe they've got weapons they want to test on something and they want to create plausible deniability by saying the government doesn't have those kinds of things because we don't have people that, we don't have a testing farm, so they just go down to, you know, Farmer Jones's place down the way and, you know, snatch a cow and try it there. I don't know. I'm but just go, go, on, go on with that idea then to the next logical question, which would be, okay, so why create public mystery and and fervor over doing something far easier to just buy the cows than you need them i would think that that well that's what i'm thinking 
Well, but if you if you bought the cows and you did them, then you would then you would have to have a facility that housed them, and all the people that take care of those cows. No, no, I mean buy it, to the buy end. it, and then do it. Like literally buy the animal, take it and take it away, and do whatever you're going to do to it. Don't keep a herd or anything. Well, there definitely is a, a large body of people who believe that it's a weapons test of some kind. So I guess if they were going to do weapons testing and they didn't want to do all the overhead of housing these animals, they could just go out there and, you know, do it to random ranchers' cows. But, I mean, talk about illegal. I mean, yeah. you know. Not that I'm going to argue with them if they come over. <laughs> well, and I mean, you know, I mean, this is one of those things where, unlike, unlike UFOs, which I'm not going to get into in depth, but there's clear evidence here that regardless of what it could be, something's happening. And these ranchers are right, have a right to be incensed because this is their livelihood. And so clearly people are being affected by this. So I don't know. It, it strikes me as something that's just, it's just so bizarre that, that to believe that the government would be involved in doing this because I'm just not sure what they're Farmer Johnson versus Gort from Mars. <laughs> it seems like it's, well, it's making more of a hoopla, though, than, it, than they would if they just bought the animals or, or whatever. I mean, I think about a place like Area 51, right? Which is a real place where they really test black aircraft and things like that. So I, I know there's a big UFO thing with Area 51, but, you know, whatever. They they test real things out there. It's You can't get in there. You can't see what they're doing in there. So someplace like Area 51 out in Nevada would be a great place to uh, get a bunch of cows and do whatever the heck you want to do with them. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they wouldn't do that strikes me as bizarre. And honestly, as much as it strikes me as bizarre as the alien hypothesis, because... Again, who knows the alien mind, right? But why would aliens do this? It's sort of the same problem. Yeah, we're talking about plausibility and, and where this stuff actually comes from. It makes a lot more sense that it comes from someplace here than just like the crop circles. Do you know what freaks me out about this, though, um, is that what's happening to these cows all relates or seems to relate to um, reproductive stuff, at least the, the, the bulk of it. Reproductive tissue, reproductive organs, organs related to pheromone production, things like that. And it's like, okay, whoever's doing this has an agenda, so what is the agenda, and what are they doing with the cows to meet that agenda? No pun and that's intended. just freaky to me. What? <laughs> meat. To meet that, that agenda. Oh, meet. Meet nice, that nice. agenda. I don't know. It, it, you'd have to, I think, in order to try to figure out what the agenda is, I think it would be beneficial to know who's perpetrating it in the first place because it's, it's kind of like, you know, where do you start? All right. Well, look, uh, yeah, go around again on this one. So, Kern Katera, what, what do you think? Final word. It's got to be something that's more easily explained than aliens coming down with their anal coring probes. All right, Bill. Are they still? I have a question. Are they still going on? I mean, when was the latest? Yes. When was? Is this still like a phenomenon? Yeah, the latest one that I could find was in February this year, and that was the one where there was the thirty-two cows that were had their ovaries removed. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's weird stuff. I mean, I'm much more prone to think that the government is doing something funky because you know I know the government exists and that they do funky stuff sometimes. And and tax oh, this one, by the way, is something that's worth saying that, that just crossed my mind as you were saying this, was that the phenomenon itself hasn't changed over the years. So remember we, earlier we were talking about like crop circles. It's gotten more complicated as years have gone by. In this case, it hasn't. Yes. In fact, it's the same it's, the same phenomenon. In fact, the same sort of – it's got a little stair-stepped burn cut, like a laser stair-stepping cut on all the things, perfect circles, stuff like that. It's never changed. It's been the same since the 60s. But wait, I thought we said originally that in some 
some of them they had like storms coming in, and some of them there was irradiated, and some of them they took their tongues, and some of them they took their ears, and some of them they took some their horses, some was cattle. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. There's some there's some differentiation in what things are taken and what other ancillary phenomena are reported. But if you look at all the cases in in total, it's the same grouping of stuff. It just made it's like in some cows they'll just take like the one I just said that happened in February, right? They just took the ovaries and the blood. On other times they'll take like one ear, a tongue, and the ovaries. And another time it's like the anal coring and the, you know, they'll pull the lips off the cow. It's like a game, right? It's like randomly choosing which things you're going to take off the cows this time. Yeah, yeah these poor cows. Ugh, I mean, you know, it sounds like it, it could... It, it's difficult to say exactly what I think about it because it's, you know, it's weird. It sounds unusual, but I, I still have to go with, you know, what I know is supposed to the, the simplest solution, just taking common sense mm-hmm. into it. You know, whether it's just yep. kind of like a bunch of copycats, you know, not copycat killers, but a bunch of copycat kids doing something over and over again, or, you know, the government, but it just doesn't really, you know, I agree with you guys, it doesn't really make sense why they would do something like that, other than just to save the paperwork. I mean, maybe that's that, maybe that's what their motive <laughs> is, but um, I don't know. Eric, help me out. What do you think? Oh, boy. I don't know. I To me, it feels like one of those things that they need to have, like, the, it needs to be studied more, and they need to have... That's the word I'm looking for. A methodical way to, to look at each one of these ones when they find it and record everything that's happened. and You know what I mean? It just feels like it's one of these things where that you read out. I'm just looking at the Wikipedia page, and they're talking about this happening and this happening, and this sometimes happens, that sometimes happens. And it's like, you know, who, who is actually reporting this, and where is it coming from, and that kind of thing. So we need a Federal Bureau of Cattle Mutilation. You know, it <laughs> I just don't know who would do it. Uh, it just, just feels like happy it's, I'm uh, not a cow. Or a rancher, for that matter. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb on this one Uh-oh. and say that while I am on the fence as to whether or not I even think the UFOs in general are real live alien spacecraft, but I will say that if hypothetically they are, then I'm torn between believing it's the government and it's something more exotic like UFOs and aliens. And I say that because of how absolutely strange the findings are on what, with these animals. Um, and, and the fact that the, the weird things that people report seeing that are just absolutely strange that correspond with stuff I know of, of the, from the UFO phenomena. And it's that strangeness and the level of technology that is apparently being used to pull th- this very specific sort of reproductive kind of stuff out of these cows that just freaks the heck out of me. And the, the only things that make sense is some clandestine government operation for some purpose, whether that's nefarious or not, or, I hate to say it, but aliens, because I don't know what else could do it. I hear what you're saying, Bryce. I just can't wrap my brain around it. I can't... It seems like there would be a simpler explanation than something that exotic. It's it's really it's not hard for me to 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 have a problem with it all. On Valentine's Day, we buy flowers and candies for our girlfriends and boyfriends. Mm-hmm. On the planet Meepsorp, they core Meepsorp. anuses and give yeah, them. They, they fly light years away and do it. Hey, the best anal cores come from Earth. You know, I that's it. It's the French. They've come in and they are now exploiting our the anal cores, anal coring our uh, our cattle. <laughs> the lips of the of the cow. They are a delicacy as well as the anus and the left ear, not the right, just the left. Why does your Why does your French anal corer guy sound exactly like Don Jose, the Peruvian superhero? <laughs> I, They're working together. Are I, you saying Don Jose is doing I, the? Um, 
with his with his. Super I'm not Burrow. saying he has to feed the Super Burrow. <laughs> I'm, not, Super Burrow I'm not saying it's like you know <laughs> Clark Kent was putting on the glasses and taking off the glasses. But if you're gonna make those connections, who am I to you know stop yeah. you from investigating God. further? <laughs> They saturate the air we breathe. They pass through our bodies 24 hours a day, every day, and have done so for nearly a century. Radio, television, satellite, cellular, electronic signals of all kinds enable our modern day society to communicate and thrive. But there are other signals on bandwidths less traveled, odd assortments of numbers, letters, and disjointed words on shortwave radios worldwide. A shadowy military antenna array in Alaska that broadcasts a highly controversial signal. And a town in New Mexico where the residents are hearing an ominous hum. All are signals that reside in the domain of high strangeness. Our last weird subject of the show is weird signals. Basically, we're just going to discuss certainly not the comprehensive list of weird things that uh, our people are hearing or coming across their radios or television sets, but uh, a couple of the big ones that, that are out there that are fascinating and mysterious, and actually one of them that I think is pretty well understood. So 
We start off with these shortwave numbers broadcasts. We had talked about these actually on the, I think it was like show 11B or something at the very end of the show when it was the show that we talked about how we made the Halloween episode. I used some of the shortwave numbers broadcasts in that show and at the end of it I kind of talked through what the phenomenon was all about. But basically what you got going here is just transmissions on shortwave stations of people counting or strange words being said or the alphanumerics like alpha delta bravo lima etc and sometimes in the backs of some of these these communications there's like burst transmissions like data packets so there's one famous cia one that has a woman talking into the background you hear this like rushing noise it's like kind of thing going in the background and when you slow that thing way 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 down and amplify it it actually sounds like streaming data like a like a fax machine or a modem or something like that and so it's somebody getting you know this compressed data packet which they're able to download and read i have a shortwave radio and i, I listen to it every now and again it's kind of interesting you can hear broadcasts from china uh, it's a it's a great system that is really like a disaster radio system it's one of the earlier radio forms but it lasts through anything and it's really great for communicating really great on listening to world news and that kind of stuff and these these little transmissions appear on random stations empty stations throughout the the band of shortwave radio and people have been hearing these since the 50s and they they're all around the world in different languages and in a lot of cases uh, researchers have tracked the the signals from coming out of military bases or large military antenna arrays from all over the world both here and in europe and russia and china and all that kind of stuff and so here's a i'll give you a couple samples of these uh, so you guys can can hear them So I think it's pretty widely understood that that these transmissions are from governments to spies in the field. So they're sending coded transmissions to some spy sitting somewhere who's listening on a shortwave radio and uh, has a one-time cipher Excuse me, key, Bryce. And he's, uh, I hate to interrupt. Yeah. I just need to say John has a long mustache. Okay, go ahead. Carry on. <laughs> Repeat. John has a long mustache. <clears throat> I'm, just, I'm just saying. Five, four, three, seven... <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Now, if you guys are, if you guys really want to do this though, you you have to make it more random and spookier. You have to sound. Yeah, we're not random enough. And you have to sound really flat. So here, do one, do, do give the Taverncast listeners a coded Taverncast message as performed by Cromley, Infernal Bill, and Kern Kater. You have one minute to craft a realistic numbers broadcast. Go. <laughs> one minute now. One minute go. Go, Kern. 
I'm, I'm giving you the data packet. <laughs> <laughs> she took the easy. I got time. your data packet. <laughs> <laughs> I got a Cromley. If you can, right, if you can do monotone. Twenty-seven, thirty-nine, forty-one, forty-four, forty-two. 30, 22, 12, 17, 13, 24, 32, 31, 5, okay. 18. <laughs> I condemn this man to slavery. Alice is in the kitchen. Do, do you know what? Uh, you know what's funny about this? What makes it a true nav- uh, tavern cast number station is the fact that Bill interjects like some <laughs> random song or voice effect. I, I'm reading random numbers during during whatever we're saying. Sean Valjean two four six zero one. Come on, that's oh, the. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> so um, so that's just a it, eight six seven five. What do you guys nine. What do you guys think about all this uh, the number stuff? Have you listened to the samples? Yeah. Yeah, and I it, they are they are really freaky. It's now didn't the uh, the whole John has long mustache crap that was from back radios back in like World War One and stuff. That was the or World War Two. They II. were giving the the uh, Allied members. Um, well, they they were coded yeah, messages exactly. for spies and what a horse in World War Two <laughs> runs into the following numbers four nine eight seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were giving him, they were giving the messages over the over the enemy lines, and that's it's a really really cool way that it got started. The fact that now you've got the corn keys of the world out there, you know, transmitting numbers, kind of freaks me out. But wait, 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 I don't think that that's what they're. No, I don't saying. think it is at all. I, there are some conspiracy theorists out there. There's very few of them actually, because I think it's so obvious what these are. But they say that it's government mind control. <laughs> it's the data packets that make them question. I think everybody else agrees that it's it's transmissions from governments to their spies out in the well, field. Well, from what I was reading, they were talking about how the power levels are such that it couldn't be like a Mark Kern key kind of thing because the power level that you need to transmit so that someone on the other side of the world can hear it is, is a little too much for that. And the other thing is that they had found evidence of various stations actually overriding each other. Oh, the, the jammer yeah, stations? Yeah, jamming each other, which is what governments would do, not you know just random pranksters or whatever. I have a quote here from the spokesperson, spokesman for the Department of Trade and Industry in the UK who was uh, <laughs> asked about the, the connection to spies with the number station. And, and he said, <laughs> These number stations are what you suppose they are. People shouldn't be mystified by them. <laughs> they, are not, they are not for, <laughs> shall we say, public consumption. Thank you. That's that was that was. I thought you were gonna read. There's another quote oh where they God. said it was illegal to listen to them. <laughs> oh, I didn't hear yeah, that one. Of those, it's illegal to listen oh, let me to continue. Yeah, another English guy. By far, most of these number stations are completely illegal, and you will be persecuted to the full extent of the British Navy. And if you are a landlocked country, we will dig a tunnel. From the ocean to your country, so the British Navy can come and destroy you. And your illegal number station. Thank you. Nice, nice. Wow. Why would they be using old shortwave radio to transmit spy stuff out in the open? Why wouldn't? Isn't there something else they could do? How do you know it's even getting through to your guy in the field? And what if he just can't pick it up that night? Or how many? Isn't isn't it kind of throwing it out there in the open, dangerous from the standpoint of somebody trying to crack it? Or is a one-time cipher no, key with a numbers one-time or whatever bad that can't be good? Cracked, so that that wouldn't be an issue. 
And as you said, you know, shortwave radio is one of the one of the few remaining old forms of communication. Also, you know, you don't you couldn't put it on a podcast and put it up on the web because yeah. you know what if what if they take the net? Well, down? I'm sure that you can find radios, <laughs> you know, True. shortwave radios in basically any country. It's probably one of the most easiest communication receiver type things that you can find. You know what? I think that there is there's actually a data packet and numbers embedded in Never Gonna Give You Up in the video on on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Rick Astley. Never gonna get Yes, I think Rick Astley is a is a tool for manipulation and terrorism. <laughs> Number stations, cool or not cool? <laughs> Kern Gater? Um yeah, freaky and not cool. Although when the coming apocalypse happens and all I have left is my shortwave radio station and I need to communicate to somebody about going to get me a packet of cheese from someplace. I could probably use numbers, so. <laughs> but no, absolutely freaky. Definitely freaky. Uh, Eric? I would say super cool. I like them. Well, I just like the fact that it's something that's going on that we can all listen to, but that it's totally, you know, it's all, it's of use to the, the people it needs to be of use to, but it can be totally in the open. Like the Rolling Stones. Like any kind of good encryption. <laughs> Bill. The Rolling Stones. I think uh, cool in the sense of, you know, Hey, check out this cool number station thing. I think not cool when you're in a bar and, hey, baby, you hear about those number stations? <laughs> not cool. That doesn't work what, so that, well. I've, I've used it to pick chicks uh-huh. up before. Works uh-huh. like a charm. What about you, Bryce? What do you think about it? Uh, I, I think they're creepy and cool at the same time. Experimenting with radio... Try, trying to mess with people's central nervous systems military had discussed uh, the possibilities of mind control through uh, radio frequency energy. Do you know, I mean, do you understand what they're, what they're doing here when well, the scientists come in? You mean when the scientists come in and shoot the beams up? That, there's something spooky going on here. That you could heat up the ionosphere in a couple of ways. So I was thinking about, um, as I'm going through looking at the transmissions about number stations and realizing that there just wasn't a whole lot there that was controversial, but was fun anyways, I started thinking about the other two things that popped to mind as the big sort of weird things in radio transmissions or in signals that people hear and things like that. Of course, top of that list would have to be HARP, the HARP project, and that is the High Frequency Active Auroral Research Project. That's what HARP stands for. And it is this um, antenna array that the military runs up in Alaska. The thing's based around this patent by this guy named Bernard Eastland. And Bernard Eastland's a scientist who d- developed all these patents for how to use these extra low frequency broadcast antennas to do crazy things like heat the ionosphere to create a superheated plasma shield out of it to be used as like an anti-missile defense system. He was developing it for uh, Star Wars, the SDI program. Manipulate the weather. Literally control and manipulate and change the weather. Disrupt communications on a worldwide basis. Earth-penetrating tomography or communication. So this would be like talking to submarines way, way underwater or, you know, penetrating the Earth looking for, like, underground bases that other militaries and stuff like that would use. And then some of the more exotic things that his patent suggested could happen with a very high-powered ELF antenna is that the EM disturbances might be able to trigger seismic activity. 
the other idea is that it could be used to control people's minds by <laughs> affecting their brain function, and the, that it's actually proven that low-frequency waves cause depression and attention deficit disorder, as well as some other exotic things, which I'll get into in a minute. And so, Where is my tinfoil hat when I need it? Seriously. And so this thing was turned on. They've been running it now for a long time, and actually broadcasts across a shortwave radio band, which is connected to the number stations that we just talked about. And so if you want to hear what the thing sounds like when it actually fires up and sends its big stream of you know, ELF <laughs> radio frequencies up into the ionosphere, it sounds like this. So what do you guys think of this? I remember reading in some research long ago about the the crust of the earth in the pacific basin and how it changes polarity and they think that the whole planet changes polarity and now they built this thing and they want to try screwing with it i mean that's colossally a bad idea yep um so they, they will tell you by the way that the objective of the heart project is basically just to send that signal up into the ionosphere mm-hmm. and pulse it or put it into a continuous wave to try to like screw around so they can get better over-the-horizon communications to things like submarines, and primarily that's what they're saying they're doing with it. And when asked about the Bernard Eastland patents that started the whole project up, they're like, well, you know, hypothetically, if we were doing what was in the Eastland patent, then we could do all those things. But we're not, so don't worry about it. But yet they're totally funded by a thing called the Office of Naval Research, and the Air Force Research Laboratory. So the entire thing is funded by the military, which tells me that if the military is writing papers about weather manipulation and, you know, mind control stuff and non-lethal weapons, then that's exactly what they would build something like this to do, is to figure out how to do it. I think that the scope of of what it could do versus what they're saying, according to the information you presented they're doing, is so disparate that I don't, I mean, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. You, yeah, you don't why would they spend all, this, all that right. money? Right. It's like a, you know, $25,000 for a toilet seat. It just doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah, the government never does that. Well, so there was this article, actually, that just came out on uh, the 21st, where the U.S. Army is now saying that they have been testing something that they call a telepathic ray gun, which basically uses, you know, the same kind of extra low frequency radio signals to do something like beam words directly into people's ears. Um, it's something called the <laughs> awesome. Frey Effect. He says, using close-range microwaves to produce audible sounds in a person's ears. It's been used to project spoken numbers uh, across a lab to volunteers and things <laughs> like that. And they also funded research saying that they could use uh, extra low-frequency stuff to project sound that caused discomfort into the ears of crowds and made people have an artificial fever by manipulating their brain and stuff like that. So that's the same technology they're messing around with with the Heart Project on a lesser level. No, that's I mean, called you... country music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think definitely there's a branch of the government that is going to say, if we can figure out the new super weapon, we're going to go ahead and do it. Whether they actually stumble upon something that's meaningful is something that's completely different. I mean, it would not surprise me to find out that the government is talking about doing research into force fields. You know, if there's a possibility that something like this could work, the United States wants to maintain its superiority and military superiority and so they're going to always have some kind of a committee or some kind of funding to at least look into this sort of stuff. 
they do say even on the uh, the wiki page that one of the reasons that the U.S. got into doing this thing with Harp was because there's one I guess over in Russia that they I don't I don't know the dates when they put it up but they were obviously messing with the same yeah. thing. So, so Russia has their own Harp. Well, yeah, yeah, they do. I, I don't know what it's called, but PVVSKZ or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and they're doing the same things, and Russia's actually a lot more. Um, out there about what they're doing where they say literally they're they are using it to do everything from submarine communications to weather manipulation to literal mind control so they're just like yeah we're going to test it all so if they're doing that then i say our position of oh we're not doing anything with it is hogwash of course they are because they have to counter the russians dude you know that's what i'm talking about i don't know to me it strikes me as one of those things kind of like the early manhattan project where it's not clear where it might be going i mean looking at the wiki page to me it doesn't seem like this is the way that if you were doing some ultra secret you know we're going to control volcanoes on the other side of the world this wouldn't be the way to do it setting it up in you know this huge thing in alaska that's got funding from like the university of alaska and is open to foreign scientists to come in and check stuff out doesn't seem like the way to do it but I totally agree that it wouldn't surprise me at all if it's being funded on the assumption that the things that they will learn from this, that they will apply to other, you know, black projects that we'll never know about. Sure. So. Well, so we talk about effects of this thing, and there's a, another phenomenon out there that's widely known as the hum. Oh. Sometimes called the, oh. the Taoist oh. hum, <laughs> so, and that's in Taos, <laughs> New Mexico. And the reason that, that I bring this up is that a lot of people um, associate this with harp or they blame harp for it uh, whether or not it's actually happening or not but there's a coincidence that the hum worldwide started about the time that the harp project went online and the hum very simply is people are hearing in various spots around the country and around the world uh, a very low frequency rumbling hum and it sounds something like this There's a lot of theories, everything from underground geophysical activity that's causing a very low-frequency rumbling. A bunch of Buddhists with a microphone? Um. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) To something like Harp, where there's literally being broadcast a very low-frequency constant drone. And it it literally, in areas like Taos, New Mexico, for example, where this is a very famous case of a bunch of the residents there hearing it, and the whole town basically going, what the heck is going on? It makes people a little nutty. In Taos, there was like an elevated level of depression and anxiety and... (laughs) Suicide attempts and, you know, I can't, like, I can't get the whole thing. That would be, it would drive me nuts. Kind of stuff. Oh. Yeah. Um, Shut up! Okay, I need, to, I need to, to, to make a, a point here while you're talking about all this, Bryce, is that Bill and I have kind of been humming here in the background <laughs> while you've been Are you talking, getting irritable? But, but I want to tell you. Shut up! I just went just down, shut up! I just followed the link on Wiki to the hum that was recorded in Auckland. We are yes. humming the very same note. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. It is the same note. So, um, so I had a question actually. Kern, they said that one of the one of the things they they have been posited for a theory on this is that it is tinnitus. Mm-hmm. Sound right? What is that? Club disease. All you kids are gonna be deaf. You need to get a copy what? of a copy of singles. Um, 
it's basically a resetting of all the little teeny tiny cilia in your ear after excessive noise or as just as a, the way your nervous system kind of resets your ears. If you've ever been to a concert oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, afterwards the... your ears just kind of go, that's yeah, tinnitus. It's also, as, as in one of my favorite movies, Singles, it, they call it the club disease because you come out of the boom, boom, boom with loud stuff when you were in college and your ears are ringing. That's tinnitus. Totally bizarre. Yeah. I, it seems kind of like the hum and the number stations with the data packets and you know the harp, they all kind of seem to be connected. Well, I thought it was interesting that the, the military experiment on uh, non-lethal weapons specifically singled out we were using this this extra low frequency radio transmissions to transmit numbers into people's heads and i'm like oh so the number stations are broadcasting numbers into our heads too i don't, I don't know that's my own that's my own connection to it because they Which said is numbers in both of it's a direct it's correlation <laughs> Conspiracy. The decoded numbers, though, tell us to mutilate cattle. So I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> and then we get depressed and start taking meds. If we're if we're talking about, do I think that it's along the same lines as the whole, you know, number station heart project, shadowy black, you know, governmental blah. I don't know. There's been an increase in the amount of wireless activity that we use, you know, Blackberries and cell phones and wire, Wi-Fi for your computer and communicate shortwave radio even. So is it just a, our bodies intercepting all these different electrical signals that pass through us millions of times a day? I guess that's possible because all wavelengths have a sound associated with them. I mean, if you think about it, we're being bathed in like electromagnetic and, and radio frequency mm-hmm. stuff all the time our entire lives mm-hmm. and so it wouldn't surprise me if some people begin to there, that there's some effects from that I, I mean i think it could be i think i think it's more there's likely so than it's like it cell be. phone towers or something yeah. mm-hmm. there's this link down here where they've got an actual recording of it so is that and then that's external to the human body so. yeah see now i don't think that it's natural i think no, that I it's something so man-made that either someone doesn't want to step up to the plate and say we're doing and stop it or it's something that no one knows they're doing. Like there was a couple cases where uh, different hums around the world have been found out to be like, you know, the local packing yeah. plant or something has some stamping machine that runs day and night, and that was like causing this really low-frequency rumbling that certain people were hearing. Well, and see, that makes sense. Well, see, the hum was never, you know, recorded in Mayan times, or, you know, they didn't, you know, do hieroglyphs of, you know, people dancing like walking the Egyptian to the hum. I don't think, I don't think they had recording devices back then, though. <laughs> do you guys think that they're using harp to use the hum to control the weather yes are we controlling the weather (laughs) we want to go out and be all conspiratorial about it i'd say that they probably if if they are indeed using that i don't think they have got a good grasp on it because the weather sucks right now Well, I'm never sleeping again, or, or owning cattle. Okay, so out of out of all of these things, which one is the the freakiest the freakiest subject that we discussed tonight? I still think it's cattle mutilations. I think I think everything can have a pretty reasonable explanation somewhere, except for the stuff in the drinking water. That kind of weirds me out. Wow, Bill, the freakiest has got to be the um, cattle mutilation. 
I mean, because really, you know, cows have got those big doughy eyes. I mean, you got to be from a different <laughs> planet to really want to like mutilate those things or eat them. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would go with the cattle mutilation too. The other ones seem to be just kind of hard to even quantify, but that one seems like there's actual something going on. So. Because if, even if it is a human being that's doing it, I would be afraid of that human being. So, you know, exactly. whoever's doing it, it's going to be bad. If nothing else, I'd like, kind of like to know what they're, why they're doing it and how they're doing it. Do you guys watch the news every day to see all the, all the weird stuff that's going on out there? It's really, some of the stuff isn't that far well, off. There's weird stuff all the time. Like I was telling Bryce the other day, I was told that uh, the company I work for is into uh, human sacrifice. <laughs> wow. Really? Yeah, some guy told me he could tell by the logo for the company. I said, no, I'll have to look into that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get right on that, thanks. But, and no, you can't have a dollar. Yeah. You know, Taverncast is into human sacrifice, too. <laughs> you know, who isn't, really? And there's a hidden message in the logo that if you, you know, if you have the right cipher, you can make it out. It and says, it- Karg is dead. <laughs> there we go. Well, you got to put that backwards, man. Play that backwards. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you'd like to tell us about your most recent human sacrifice or send us pictures of your little brother tied up to a tree, www.taverncast.com. Click on the forums and join up. Actually, better make it make a tavern cast crop circle. That's that's not likely to involve any anal corn. Yes, I like that tavern idea cast better. Crop circles. Ooh, that would be That'd good. Be awesome. Gonna crack the case. <laughs> yep. Thank God for tavern cast. <laughs> We're on the case. We'll put we'll put that like that secret phone voice on that the guy's like, <laughs> and it's really like a chick named like you know Shirley, and that's all we have for Taverncast. Uh, we'll see you next time. Bye everybody. Bye. See you later. <laughs> Please lock your doors. Hide Watch your out for anal porn. Bye. An old cowboy went riding out one dark and windy day. Upon a ridge he rested as he went along Taverncast is recorded live in front of a studio audience Taverncast does not endorse underage drinking And reminds those of you who are of age to have a stout heart and drink responsibly Taverncast is a Snapdragon production Visit us online at www.taverncast.com I am never drinking water or eating meat oh. ever again. <laughs> <laughs> now, or wheat, for that matter, because that comes out of crops. I mean, mm-hmm. basically, this is ruining whole food groups for me. So you're only going to drink, what, chocolate milk and graham crackers? Or? No, I can't have milk anymore, either. <laughs> Just alcohol. That's all I can do. Well, the milk yeah, doesn't alcohol's made of wheat. The milk doesn't come out of their anus. <laughs> Shut up, okay? Kurt Katera. You're ruining everything for me. Mead. Just mead. Okay, so here's the deal, right? So the show is themed... There's is like themed the, in this. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Who? I can yeah, sorry. Hello? Okay. Who? Yes. Hello? What? <laughs> I think it may be the All government right. breaking in to 
not allow us to do this show because. <laughs> My beer looks like a nebula. <laughs> Nothing says yummy after a hard day's work coring anuses and harvesting cattle fetuses than drinking an alien secretion. Meepsorp, what is our target for tonight's abduction? Well, Remulac, the target is Eric because he is drinking a very foul and bizarre human beer when we want to see how it affects his anus. Oh yes, let us core him immediately. What is this with you and these He's anuses? very anally obsessed. He's just an anally fixated. Kind of mood, that's all I can say. Well, I'm just saying, the mm-hmm. research for this show has made me absolutely terrified of having my anus cord. <laughs> cord! Are you wearing special pants now? <laughs> I used to be afraid of like having like anal explora- exploration right. by the aliens sure. when they do like a little probing. Yeah. Now I'm just afraid little. they're going to core it and steal it. For <laughs> what reason, saying, I'm not sure. You're very attached to your anus, is what you're saying. God, I hope so. Oh. <laughs> I don't think I can eat any more of this chicken sausage if we're going to talk about coring anuses. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, it's been 10 minutes of Corey Anus talk now. <laughs> time, time to go to McDonald's. This week on Tavern Cast, <laughs> the Coring Anus Show. There's like mud in the bottom of this beer bottle. <laughs> if there's Sorry. one word that should have been paired with the word anal, Coring is the one for maximum comedy. That's all I'm saying. Looking forward to it. Here we go with the cow sounds. Dude, calm down. I'm living it out. Is it too late to do a radio drama of this? <laughs> no, in fact, it's not. Hey, uh, Bob, we're going out onto the. Uh, what the hell's got the uh, cows all rustled up? <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.